your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 456 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers coming off of just a wild, completely improbable road victory against the Ottawa Senators. The Rangers are down 2 to nothing with less than 5 minutes and 30 seconds to play, but they score 3 goals in the span of just 3 minutes and 20 seconds. Chris Kreider, Ryan Lindgren, and Barclay Goodrow all lighting the lamp to lead the Rangers to, once again, just an improbable victory. One of those games where you kind of snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I will say this, because there was obviously a lot of controversy as far as you know, the last few minutes of this game, how it was officiated, some penalties that were issued, some penalties that were not issued, that could have been penalties, and I'm going to talk about all that. I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of start by saying that I got to acknowledge the fact that the Rangers, I thought, caught two pretty significant breaks down the stretch in this game, and without both of them, there's a very good chance that they do not end up winning this game. They, for starters, there's the whole issue with Matt Murray. He gets injured on the goal scored by Chris Cryer. The Rangers are on the power play. They get some great puck movement. Adam Fox will not get an assist on this play, but he really should. He set the whole thing up with a really nice spin move. Dishes in deep to Mika Zibanejad in the left faceoff circle. Zibanejad with a great cross ice pass to Panarin. Panarin puts the puck toward the net, and Chris Kreider's there on the doorstep, and he tips it in. And I think that the Ranger power play, you know, they were two for 20 coming into this game, and I believe this was the only power play goal that they scored in this game either. Let's see to uh, make sure here. Yes, this was the only power play goal that they scored. And so I think the Rangers' new strategy on the power play should be Chris Kreider goes to the net, stands in front of the goalie, and everybody else just tries to set him up for deflections because the only three power play goals that the Rangers have scored this season, they're all tipping goals by Chris Kreider. And obviously that's an area, I'm joking to make the point here, but that's an area where the Rangers are obviously going to have to get a lot better. I don't think this is a great day on the power play outside of this one goal here, so still an area where the Rangers have to improve. But what got a lot of people talking was what happened after Kreider tipped the puck into the net here. You had Matt Murray, who played a fantastic game. You really got to take your your, t- your cap off to him. Uh, I thought he really did a nice job for the Senators, uh, allowing them to lead this game for the vast majority of it. But on the play, Murray is kind of falling forward, and Kreider's there on the doorstep, and Kreider, after he tips it in, his left knee makes contact with Matt Murray's head, and Murray immediately left the game. You know, the trainer went out to get him. They skated off. Murray headed down to the tunnel, and obviously we hope that he's okay. Um... But on this play, you know, a lot of Senator fans were angry. And I got to be completely fair here because I think if I'm a Ranger fan and this happened the other way and, you know, somebody did this to Georgiev or Shesterkin, I would be mad about it. But I really don't think Chris Kreider went in in there with any ill intent. And if you look at the replay, and I've watched it many times because I wanted to be as fair and as objective as I possibly can be about this, Matt Murray on this play was kind of falling forward. And Kreider, if you watch him, he kind of jumped backward a little bit and was trying to get out of the way. That's at least how it appeared to me. His left knee made contact with Matt Murray. So I don't think there was any ill intent by Chris Kreider here. We could maybe say a little bit differently about something that happened later in the game, and we'll get to that as well. But I thought Kreider was trying to avoid the contact. Unfortunately, by jumping, he 
actually made it worse because now he's off the ground and his knee basically just clocks Murray right in the head. Murray falls down. And uh, again, you don't want to see that. And again, I cannot stress this enough. You do not wish injury on anybody, but I do think, you know, in retrospect, this kind of was a little bit of a break for the Rangers that Matt Murray had to come out of this game. And obviously, you do not root for this. You do not wish for this to happen. But facts are facts. You know, Matt Murray, who'd been fantastic in this game, is now leaving with a little bit less than 5.30 to go. And you've got a goalie coming into the game that's ice cold and has to try to defend, you know, a one-goal lead uh, down the stretch here. And he's just been sitting on the bench the entire day. So that was break number one that I thought the Rangers caught in this game. Break number two occurred just a little bit after this. The teams are back to skating five aside. And Jacob Truba gets called for tripping Timmy Stutzla. And Stutzla also gets two minutes for embellishing. And we could kind of debate this. I, here's the thing with Stutzla. This would have been the fourth penalty. It was the fourth penalty that he drew in this game. Earlier in the game, I thought there was a situation where maybe he could have been called for embellishing uh, on the penalty that Morgan Barron took. Morgan Barron took an offensive zone penalty. And it probably was a trip on Barron. But if you watch that replay, I mean... Okay, so Barron's stick makes contact with the leg of Stutzla, but Stutzla basically, like, jumps into the air after the contact was made. I I think that was a little bit of an exaggeration, and he was not called for embellishment in that instance. So I do wonder if maybe the officials were close to calling him for embellishment on the Morgan Barron trip, and they ended up not doing it. They gave him the benefit of the doubt, but they, you know, kind of made a mental note of that and said to themselves, if there's anything else like this later in the game where it looks like he's diving or whatever it might be, that we're going to call this penalty. We're going to get him for embellishment if the opportunity presents itself. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt the next time is basically what I'm trying to say here. So I wonder if maybe this is a little bit of a makeup call, not getting Stutzla for embellishing earlier in the game because if you wanted to call Stutzla for embellishing, I think the Morgan penalty, the Morgan Barron penalty was the one to do it. Not so much this one. I mean, this looked like a pretty clean trip by Jacob Truba. So the Rangers kind of break there because first of all, not only are they going to be not be shorthanded with just a couple of minutes left in the game, and that would have bled two minutes off the clock. Not that they can't possibly score shorthanded, but you, you don't like your chances really of uh, scoring shorthanded, especially when the other team knows that it has a one-goal lead, and their top priority is to make sure that you know they maintain possession and do not allow the Rangers any good scoring opportunities while the Rangers are shorthanded. So there's that, and then there's also the fact that you are now going to be skating for a side, and I've talked about this in the past as well. You know, it's interesting because when there's only a few minutes left in a game and one team is up by one goal, then I think that the team down by one goal is going to be the team that wants to skate for a side because obviously you skate 4v4 and there's some open ice out there. You know, there's some improved real estate and you get guys like Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox out there. They got some more room to maneuver. The team that's trailing by one goal is the team that wants to skate four aside rather than 5v5 late in the game. And so the Rangers actually benefited from this Jacob Truba tripping penalty. I mean, we could debate whether or not it was embellishment from Timmy Stutzla. We could debate whether or not the referees were kind of, uh, you know, doing a little bit of a makeup call for not getting him for embellishment earlier in the game. But bottom line, As a Ranger fan sitting there watching this and and knowing that my team is down by a goal and knowing how difficult it's been for them to create scoring opportunities in this game in general, you tell me that there's a chance to skate four versus four, sign me up, man. I mean, that sounds good to me because inherently there's a better chance of a goal being scored when it's four versus four. And if you're the team that's trailing, 
you're going to welcome that. You're going to welcome four versus four. So they go to the 4v4, and another beautiful goal here. Adam Fox sets up Ryan Lindgren. So both of the defensemen in deep on this play for the Rangers. Uh, Fox with a great play, you know, avoiding a defender, and he gets down kind of in toward the corner area, sends a pass across the ice to Ryan Lindgren. Ryan Lindgren's right there on the doorstep, and he tips it in. Uh, Lindgren, he almost got his first goal of the season in the game before this. I mean, he did. He scored, but unfortunately, it was overturned due to offside. And uh, shout out to Sam on Twitter. I know that uh, uh, a couple of, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, but on opening night, I was asking, you know, who's going to score the Ranger first goal? And he said it was going to be Ryan Lindgren. He went against the grain a little bit. So uh, your guy there, Sam, he, he got you a goal there, and it couldn't have come at a better time, obviously tying the score at two at that point in the game. And we're going to continue breaking down everything that happened in this uh, just, again, completely improbable win, the win that allows the Rangers to close out the road trip 4-0, four wins in four games. I don't know how they did it. It wasn't always conventional. They struggled to score some offense. Igor Shesterkin was absolutely phenomenal uh, throughout this entire series, this entire four-game road trip here. And Alex Georgiev had a pretty solid game for himself. There's one that he would definitely like back. But we'll talk about Alex Georgiev, some lineup decisions, and some other highlights, including the game-winning goal in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, just want to thank you guys again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I want to talk about the performance of Alex Georgiev in this game. He stops 26 of 28 shots. And before we get into that, I just also want to talk a little bit about uh, Gerard Gallant's decision to roll with Alex Georgiev in this game rather than Igor Shesterkin. I saw on social media there's a couple people saying, oh, why are we going to Georgiev? Igor's so much better, and Igor's got the hot hand right now. Why would you take him out? I hear you to an extent, but I actually borderline expected this. I expected the Rangers to go with Alex Georgiev in this game against the Ottawa Senators simply because, in a way, you're almost playing with house money. Not that I want to, you know, take the Senators lightly or I don't really care about going 4-0 on the road trip as opposed to going 3-1, but you have to face facts here. Alex Georgiev or rather, Igor Shesterkin is not going to play all 82 games. Alex Georgiev is going to get in there from time to time. And when you consider the fact that Igor Shesterkin has been standing on his head, some really grueling, taxing games, Igor does have a little bit of an injury history, and the fact that the Rangers were already 3-0 and on this road trip, you are playing with house money at least a little bit, especially when you consider the fact that the Rangers have stolen, I would say, at least two of the three uh, preceding road games before this game against the Ottawa Senators here. So you have to look, if you're the Rangers or really any team in the NHL, what are some opportune times? to get the backup goalie into the game because the days of, you know, starting goalies 
playing 70, 72, 74 games, whatever it might be. I think those days have come and gone. I, I just don't see any goalie doing that these days. You guys can let me know if there's a, a recent example of somebody who's done that. But uh, certainly, I don't think the Rangers are going to do it with Igor Shesterkin. Once again, considering that he's had some injury issues in the past. Nothing crazy, but a couple injuries here and there. And so, to me, this was a really good opportunity to get Alex Georgiev into the game. And you're playing the Ottawa Senators, and nothing against Ottawa. I think they've got some good, exciting young players there. And I think it's a team that is starting to put the pieces together and starting to move in the right direction. But if you ask me straight up, are the Ottawa Senators going to be a playoff team when the season ends? I would probably say no. So you have a chance to get your backup goalie in and you figure that you should be able to go in there and beat this team even with Alex Georgiev instead of Igor Shesterkin. So that's first and foremost, the decision to roll with Georgie rather than Igor. And secondly, I thought Alex Georgiev did a pretty nice job in this game. You know, he gave up a goal just 41 seconds into the game. I'm not really going to lay this at the feet of any single player on the Rangers, whether it's Georgiev or anybody that was out there on the ice when this happened. I thought the Senators just made a really nice play here. It kind of came out of nowhere because the Rangers, it was the first shift of the game. The Rangers had the puck on Ottawa's side of the rink, and then Ottawa just transitioned very quickly. They did a really nice job getting the puck up the ice really fast, uh, a really nice dish from Stutzla to Nick Paul, and Paul's in prime real estate there right in the slot area and moving forward with all his momentum going toward the net, and he lets it fly, and he beats Alex Georgiev. I don't think there was really a whole lot that could have been done here. Sometimes you do have to tip your cap a little bit, and what was really impressive here was the way that Alex Georgiev bounced back from this because Ottawa very easily could have made it 2-0, you know, just a minute, two minutes, three minutes into the game here. Uh, Georgie came back with a really nice stop. There was a player, I forget who it was, but somebody on Ottawa was coming up the left wing. We'll call it a medium danger scoring chance here, but Alex Georgiev steers it aside. And then they had a really good opportunity. Uh, Kachuk was in front of the net. He deflected the puck, and uh, Georgie made a really nice point-blank stop on that as well. So the Rangers were back on their heels a little bit in the opening minutes, and Georgie did a nice job keeping the deficit at one. You don't want to fall behind by too much too early. I mean, I'm really stating the obvious there, but that's especially true when you're struggling to score goals as the Rangers have struggled to score goals over the five preceding games going into this one. And again, the Rangers, even after this game, they have not scored more than three goals in a single game this season. So Alex Georgiev keeping the minute a little bit early. He did have one other hiccup later in this game. This one's on Georgie. I can't really put it on anybody else. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I can now that I think about it because uh, Artemi Panarin, the Rangers have the puck just over the Ottawa blue line. This is early in the third period. Period. And in fact, just about a minute into the third period and Panarin tries to hold the blue line and get like a short pass over to Mika Zibanejad. And unfortunately, Josh Norris steals the puck. He goes in the opposite direction. Now, Patrick Nemeth is back and you don't really think much of this. It doesn't look like it's going to be that great of a scoring opportunity, but Norris basically just let it fly. And I don't know if Georgie was screened by Nemeth or what happened here, but it just went right through him and right into the net. So that was a little bit of a hiccup by Georgie as well. And uh, the Rangers fall into the two nothing hole, kind of set the stage for the heroics later in the third period. Uh, that goal can't go in. That puck cannot get past Alex Georgiev. So a little bit of a soft goal there. But besides that, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, some good saves here and there. And of course, you know, the Ottawa Senators go 0 for 4 on the power play. And, you know, cliche or not, you need your goalie to be your best penalty killer. And I think Alex Georgiev was in those instances as well. So, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag for Georgie. But overall, you know, you hold a team to just two goals. I think you have to consider it a pretty successful night, especially after you give away a goal uh, less than a minute into the game. So, yeah, solid performance by Alex Georgiev and uh, really a nice bounce back uh, job by him, you know, after the opening night loss of the Washington Capitals where Alex Georgiev clearly did not have his A game. And uh, we'll look to see how the Rangers play it going forward. I assume Igor Shesterkin will be between the pipes 
on Monday night because the Rangers are coming home after this four-game road trip. They will host the Calgary Flames, but we'll see if Alex Georgiev can kind of work his way back into the rotation a little bit. Because like I said, Igor's not going to play all 82, so Georgie's going to have to be ready uh, when his name is called. And since we already talked about each of the two Ranger goals that tied the game here in the third period, I figure we might as well go ahead, turn our attention to Barclay Goodrow's game winner. And it's another situation for the Rangers here where somebody who will not get an assist definitely deserves an assist. And that would be Chris Kreider because the puck is in the corner and he's got two centers all over him and he won't give the puck away. He eventually works it around the boards. Now the centers eventually do take possession of it, but then, you know, they're trying to work the puck, you know, up, up the boards, out of the zone. And Jacob Truba forces a turnover. He gets the puck to Sammy Blay. Blay is at the blue line right at the point there. He basically just turns and flings the puck toward the net. And at this point, Barclay Goodrow has moved in front of the goalie. He deflects it and knocks it home. And just like that, against all logic, against all likelihood, the New York Rangers now have the lead here with 2.03 remaining. And uh, Barclay Goodrow going to get credit with his first game-winning goal as a New York Ranger and his second goal overall after getting an empty netter the other night. Uh, we will continue to talk about how the Rangers defended down the stretch here because for the second straight game, the Rangers had to protect a one-goal lead in the final couple of minutes, and I thought they did an excellent job with that. We will continue to talk about that. And we're also I'm just now seeing word uh, from our friend Anthony Scoltori at Forever Blue Shirts. It looks like Capo Caco and Ryan Strom could both return to the lineup on Monday. So we'll talk about that as well. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's Mint Brownie because brownies are awesome and these are actually healthy. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so as I just mentioned a second ago, our friend Anthony Scoltori from ForeverBlueShirts.com is reporting that it looks like the Rangers will be getting Ryan Strom back from Monday's game against the Calgary Flames. Capo Caco expected back as well. And I want to go ahead and just kind of give you, propose some line combinations for Monday's game against the Flames, assuming that everybody is healthy. This is the way I would look to line up if I'm the Rangers. I would unstack the top line, first of all. I would Zibanejad and Panarin on different lines. So the top line is going to be Zibanejad, Staring Lafreniere, and Kreider, which is basically how the Rangers started this season. And the second line, I would go Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco for a few reasons here. Uh, for starters, Artemi Panarin hasn't really been Artemi Panarin thus far this season. I mean, he's got a goal and three assists, so he's getting some points here and there. He had that overtime game winner, that improbable win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was obviously a huge moment. But we haven't seen Artemi Panarin really take over games the way that we all know that he's capable of taking over games. And that's true despite the fact that he's been on a line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider over at least the last two games. They've super stacked that top line, and they haven't really given you as much as I think a lot of us were hoping for. You know, when the Rangers kind of put all their eggs into one basket and put Mika, Kreider, and Panarin on the top line, we're hoping that, you know, offensively, they're going to carry this team. Now, they did link up for the first of the three goals in this win against the Senators here. That was on the power play, and it was obviously a very nice goal. Uh, Zibanejad to Panarin to Kreider for the tip-in goal. 
But I don't think that, you know, they've really dominated games, taken over games the way that we were all hoping that they would. And so that being the case, I'm going to split them back up. And if you want to try to get Artemi Panarin going a little bit, then put him out there with Ryan Strom, with whom he has just fantastic chemistry. And uh, Strom obviously has benefited quite a bit over the last couple of seasons from playing with Panarin. So I think you look to get those guys going a little bit. And you put Capo Caco out there on that line as well. The only thing about that that's a little bit iffy is now you've got two guys that are both coming back into the lineup in Ryan Strom and Capo Caco, and you're putting them on the same line as these guys try to kind of find their legs and get everything rolling again. But I think it's fine. I mean, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. I think you keep that line intact. For the third line, I'm going to go Philip Heedle at center. I mean, I would have Goudreau at center, but I'm not going to die on that hill anymore because I, I think that they like Heedle at center, and they seem to like Goudreau on the wing. So I'll put Heedle at center, Goudreau on the right wing, give me Sammy Blay on the left wing on the third line. To me, Sammy Blay has kind of, uh, at least for the time being, graduated from playing on the fourth line. Not that, you know, his game doesn't do well on the fourth line, because it absolutely does. The guy's, you know, a hit machine out there. But I think, you know, he's created some, a uh, little bit of offense, and he's a little bit better of an offensive player than a lot of us realize. I think you reward that. You play him out there on the third line with Heedle and Goudreau. And then for the fourth line, I'm going to go with Kevin Rooney. We move him from the third line back down to the fourth line with everybody being healthy. He centers Morgan Barron on his left wing and Ryan Reeves on his right wing. I don't like leaving Julian Gauthier out of the lineup, but with this Ranger team, back at full strength, I think that's probably the way to go because, like I said, I want to get Sammy Blay into some top nine minutes there, and that being the case, I don't have any interest really at all in putting Julian Gauthier out there on the fourth line because his game just does not translate to that of a fourth liner. And so I'm going to leave Gauthier out. I think this would have been a great opportunity these last few games to see what he could do in a more prominent role. The Rangers didn't really do it. And so now, I mean, now that everybody's healthy, I don't see any reason forcing him into the lineup now, especially when a fourth line role might be the only option. And then for the fourth line, you know, I have Barron out there instead of McKaig and instead of Hunt. It's possible the Rangers end up sending Morgan Barron back down now that everybody's healthy again. And, you know, he does his thing in the AHL and he's maybe the first guy to be called when there's another opening. Uh, but yeah, I, I would go with Morgan Barron. I have no interest in having him watch games from the press box uh, in favor of somebody like Greg McKaig or Dryden Hunt being in the lineup. And both those guys have played decently for the Rangers. I thought Hunt was pretty visible in this last game, dishing out some hits, but Morgan Barron certainly has more upside than either one of those players, so I would have him out there uh, on the fourth line. But shifting our attention back to this game here, we had a couple of fights for the Rangers. Jacob Truba gets into the first New York Ranger fight. True bonafide fight, not, you know, pushing and shoving matches. We're talking drop the gloves, throwing fists kind of thing. Uh, Jacob Truba and Kachuk were going at it pretty much all night. They had already hit each other a couple of times in the first period, and they're along the side of the Ranger net, and they're shoving each other, and there goes the sticks, and there go the gloves, and they start throwing punches. I would give Kachuk a little bit of an edge here, you know, as far as who won the fight, but it was pretty close. I just thought Kachuk maybe landed a couple more punches than Truba. Obviously not a dominant win by any stretch of the imagination. But then we also had a fight between Sammy Blay and Paul later in the game. Uh, they got into a nasty one. They fall down to the ice. And, you know, they had a lot to say to each other when this fight was over. The linesmen and even the the referees were in there uh, trying to keep them apart. But there was a lot of smack talk going uh, back and forth there. So this game ended up getting a little bit nasty. And uh, we do have to talk about the final few minutes of this game and how the Rangers just defended excellent. And I do want to talk about the play that Chris Kreider had where he uh, kind of boarded Norris behind the Ranger net and got a penalty for it. And the centers obviously wanted a piece of Kreider after that. But for the second straight game, I thought the Rangers defended about as well as you can possibly defend in a situation where the opposing team has pulled their goalie and they're looking for a scoring opportunity. I thought the Rangers did a really nice job here, keeping the puck along the boards, getting clears when they needed it. You know, last year, I think they did okay in these situations, but there were times where it felt a little bit chaotic and, you know, the Rangers were kind of back on their heels and just kind of scrambling and doing everything they could to, to just kind of eke out a win. Here, in these last two games, 
it feels like the Rangers actually know what they're doing. There's actually kind of a game plan and a strategy that the Rangers are looking to use while they are dealing with a team that has pulled the goalie and is looking for the equalizer. But the Senators look to pull their goalie with one minute and 35 seconds remaining, and the Rangers actually get a steal in the neutral zone, and the goalie had not yet left the ice, so he basically had to backtrack and get back into his net. The Senators eventually get their goalie off with one minute and 18 seconds remaining, and then the Rangers take an icing with 56 seconds to go. They have a line of Lindgren, Kreider, Goudreau, Fox, and Mika. Barclay Goudreau gets a clear, and he did this perfectly because he got the puck out of harm's way, out of the Rangers' zone, but did not put enough sauce on it for it to result in an icing. So the Senators have to go back. They got to get control of the puck, and they got to advance it you know, back up the ice, and obviously that's bleeding some clock as well. Uh, the Senators are offside then with just 24 seconds left in the game. The Rangers take a timeout. There is a draw in the neutral zone. The Senators dump the puck in with 20 seconds left. The puck goes on net. And then Patrick Nemeth made a really nice play here. There was an instance where Norris was trying to get to a rebound. And Georgiev very well may have ended up making the save here. But Nemeth basically put his body on Norris and prevented him from getting to the net, prevented him from getting to the loose puck there. And Norris ends up behind the net. And that's when Chris Kreider boards him and takes a penalty. And... Again, I got to be fair here. This is a situation where I think if somebody on the centers did this to a player on the Rangers, I'd be pretty mad about it. So a little bit of a questionable hit by Kreider. Look, he's a hard-nosed player. He's going to throw his weight around. He was hitting in this game. I think he ended up with about six or seven hits on the night. But yeah, I mean, if, if somebody did this to a player on the Rangers, I'd want the Rangers to go after him. And indeed, the centers do go after Chris Kreider. Uh, the Rangers are called for a penalty on the play. Chris Kreider goes off for boarding. But by this point, there's only 10.8 seconds left in the game. And the Rangers, you know, they do a nice job, obviously, running out the clock. There's a face-off, 10.8 seconds to go. It's six on four. You've got Mika, Gaudreau, Truba, and Nemeth out there uh, for the draw. And Mika wins the face-off, but then he basically just keeps the puck pinned against the board. And the clock basically just runs out while... The puck is there, and, you know, the centers are trying to get it loose. They can't get it loose. Second game where the Rangers had a one-goal lead late, and Mika Zibanejad ended up just pinning the puck to the boards and not letting the opposing team get it loose. He did the same thing against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, eventually, the puck came loose there, but that ended up resulting in Kevin Rooney getting an empty netter to tie the game. But Mika Zibanejad, obviously defending very well, just a great two-way center, one of the elite players in this league, and somebody that I think still to this day really does not get enough credit for being the tremendously well-rounded player that we all know that he is. I mean, when you watch this team, you can pick up on it. But Mika, he had no interest in clearing the puck here. He was just going to keep it pinned to the boards and basically just take a beating while the centers are hitting him and trying to get it loose. Uh, just a, you know, tough blue-collar play there by Mika Zibanejad. And the clock runs out, and the Rangers, once again, claim a very improbable win. Wrap up just a stellar road trip going 4-0. I mean, I say stellar. It's stellar in the fact that the Rangers won all four games. It's not so stellar in the fact that, uh, you know, they didn't always have their A game. They didn't always produce a whole lot of offensive scoring opportunities, but the Rangers finding ways to win games here, and they did catch a couple of breaks in this game against the Senators, like we talked about, the injury to Matt Murray, as well as the uh, embellishment penalty on Tim Stutzla that resulted in 4-on-4 four four and allowed the Rangers to tie the game. But I think in some ways, maybe the hockey gods are smiling on the Rangers a little bit more this season than they did last season. Because if you guys remember last year, they started 1-4-1, one, and one, but this team could not buy a break to save their lives. And I think in this game, you saw them get two breaks. And hey, they're winning some tough, blue-collar, nasty hockey games, couple of fights in this game like we talked about. And they're doing it without two very important players in Capo Caco and Ryan Strom. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm 
totally welcoming the idea of the Rangers going out and just crushing the Flames on Monday night. They're going to be back home. You got to figure the Garden's going to be rocking. They're going to welcome the boys back, you know, after a very impressive road trip. They're going to be very loud. I want to see the Rangers, now that they're back at full strength, go out there and pick up a 5-1 to or 6-1 to win. Because as we talked about, they have yet to score more than three goals in a game this season. I think they're due. And no better time to accomplish the feat than in a game where, like I said, you're getting back to full strength. You're getting all these injured guys back into the lineup. So, yeah, obviously you got to feel really, really good about going 4-0 on the road trip. And now that the Rangers are back home, hopefully they can make it five consecutive victories against the Calgary Flames. The only other thing that I wanted to mention, I had this in my notes, forgot to get to it earlier, but uh, there was a coaching adjustment as far as the defense pairings late in this game. The Rangers were still down 2-1 to at the time, and I love that they did this. Uh, they actually broke up Fox and Lindgren, and normally I love those two together. I think 95% of the time you want those two joined at the hip. I just think it's a great pairing back there and a pairing that can lead the Rangers for many, many years. But toward the end of the game, the Rangers were still down 2-1 to one at the time. And so what they did was they had the top line out there, that super stacked line of Mika centering Panarin and Kreider. And Adam Fox is out there too. But they replaced Ryan Lindgren with Niels Lundqvist because you're looking for offense. You're looking for points. And I do think Lindgren, well, it's funny because he ended up scoring the, the game-tying goal anyway then after it went to 4-on-4. Four four. But I I think the general idea here is let's get as much offense out there as possible. Let's put Niels Lundqvist out there with Adam Fox. And I think that that also shows you that Lundqvist slowly but surely starting to earn the confidence of the coaching staff to put him out there. I mean, you could put Andre Miller out there. You could maybe put Jacob Truba out there. There are more experienced options than Niels Lundqvist that you could run with there. But obviously, Niels Lundqvist starting to earn the trust of the coaching staff a little bit and uh, getting out there with Adam Fox as the Rangers search for the equalizer during a very critical juncture of the game. It's ironic, once again, that Lindgren ended up scoring just a minute or two after this on the four-on-four. But be that as it may, you know, it looks like Galan and his coaching staff, they believe that if they're looking for offense and it's late in the game and they're trailing by a goal, that Niels Lundqvist is somebody that they could look to turn to. And I think Lundqvist overall has played a little bit better. To me, he looks a little more comfortable. He's out there on the second power play for quite some time. And I think his passing has gotten a little bit better. Just really crisp, just kind of trusting his instincts with a couple of passes that he made in this game. We'll keep our eye on him going forward, but I think he's getting more and more used to playing at the NHL level, which is obviously a good thing for this New York Ranger team. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about everything that goes down between the New York Rangers and the Calgary Flames. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.